The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Time for the morning huddle. We promised him to you. He is coming. That's RJ Ochoa. I am Rob Thompson. You are on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Mike McCarthy with us with uh, Front Office Sports sitting down with us. If you don't aren't aware of what front office sports is, it is kind of the, the business side of sports. And th- it is a, a must read for everybody in my line of work every morning. It is the first email I open up every morning, Mike. Thank you so much, Rob. It is, it is really kind of part and parcel to what we're doing. And as you come in, as a senior reporter there, uh, um, tell me about the, the business of not NFL, but the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl is annually the most watched TV event of the year. Last year it set a record with 115.1 million viewers. And what it is, it's really the last thing that we all share together. Um, you know, everybody is fragmented in culture, but Super Bowl Sunday, everybody sits down to watch a game. And Super Bowl Sunday, everybody watches the commercials. And so. as, as, as that has becoming, what I'm getting at is the courses seem to be fading. And, and we know what the Super Bowl is and what the NFL is. Why does the league feel like we're going to have to start paying for games after they? I mean, why why are we having to go through? You know, I feel like it's coming quicker than we can we expect. I, I am so against this, Rob. Uh, you know, you got to dance with the girl you brung. The NFL has based its popularity on decades of free over-the-air TV. They were the only ones, Rob, that didn't go to cable, that didn't put their games behind a paywall. And you know what? It worked. They blew past Major League Baseball, they blew past boxing, they blew past horse racing, and they became the number one sports. Now they're going to put games behind a paywall? I think when they put that game behind the Peacock paywall, I think they were crossing a Rubicon. I think within 10 years we're going to see a pay-per-view Super Bowl or at least a pay Super Bowl behind a streaming platform. So my question, this whole Peacock fiasco has sort of been, <laughs> there, there seems to be, like, Amazon has had Thursday Night Football for two right. years, and, and nobody cared about that. I mean, it's a, it's a streaming service. I mean, I know that they're locally streamed or yeah. locally available in the, the markets where the games are ta- taking place, but, like, that's an entire package of games that is, and nobody offers any opinion on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incremental, RJ. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it, that's how they get you. They do it step by step by step. I think Amazon is a little bit different because Amazon literally has, you know, 300 million Amazon sure. Prime customers around the world and, you know, 150 million in the end. So people like me, you know, we just take Amazon for granted. But here's the, here's the next step. Thursday Night Football is the worst game of the week. Sure. The worst package. As opposed to a playoff game. Yeah. Right. Now you put a Chiefs game behind a paywall. Patrick Mahomes, the defending Super Bowl champions, that's totally different. They were on the first Amazon game. The very first one was yeah. the Chiefs, and, and although they weren't defending champions yeah. at the time, to your point. That's so interesting. And you mentioned baseball and obviously other sports. We're San Antonio, so we're, you know, Bally, Amazon Prime, there's the whole situation. The do, RSM, do, you, do you think, I know we're here to talk football, but out of curiosity, do you think we are headed towards a world where hey, Mike, you're a Knicks fan, you could buy your Knicks package, and that's it. With this app, whatever it is, whether it's Amazon Prime or Bally or whatever the case may be, like, is that a future in our sights? I, I really believe that, RJ. I think these streamers are going to cut out the middlemen, and the middlemen are the, the regional sports networks and the diamond sports groups and all these bankrupt companies, and you're going to get it directly through them. The future is personalization. You want to get the Lakers game. Right. You know what I mean? You don't want the whole package. I just want to see the Knicks and the Lakers. You'll be able to buy that. And, you know, is it a good thing for the consumer? Look, 
choice is always good. But I know, because I cover this business, that I'm paying twice as much than I used to for my old cable button. I got so many streaming services now, I don't even know what to do with it. My wife wants this one for the Hunger Games. My daughter wants this one for Disney. My son wants HBO Max. You know what I mean? I have to have each. I'm paying two or three times what I used to pay for my cable button. Right. Uh, we're looking for your insight on a lot of different things. And forgive us for bouncing around on subject. We're joined by Mike McCarthy. He's a senior reporter for Front Office Sports. Um, over the last couple of days, the announcement from uh, FIFA about who's going to be hosting the games. Uh, Jerry Jones thought Jerry would host the, the championship game. It's going to end up in New York. But what I thought was interesting coming out of this was the, the stadiums themselves are going to lose that sponsorship side of things to FIFA. So not AT&T Stadium, but Dallas Stadium. Yeah. And not East up in East Rutherford, New York Stadium. What is, what's the business process behind that? And how do you get AT&T off the side of the building during this week of the biggest thing that that stadium's ever hosted? at a FIFA game. Well, FIFA is almost a racket. Uh, I mean, they are, you know what I mean, the most stringent when it comes to rights fees, royalties, sponsorships. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know if you guys have ever gone overseas to cover an Olympic game. They control everything. They make this look like chaos, right. like anarchy. So I, I don't, uh, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, I personally don't think, and this is coming as a New Yorker, I don't personally don't think MetLife is a good site. Uh, I think it's a lousy stadium. I think it was the you know the worst two billion dollars ever spent. <laughs> I think it's a dump, uh, and I, you know I, I would have preferred to have seen it at Jerry's World, quite frankly. So, I mean, it's it's fascinating that they could just defy sponsorships, though. I mean, yeah. like that that something like that could happen. And forgive me, but like I think a lot of like has that happened in previous World Cups? Like, do they strip? Because I, I don't know that obviously I'm not as intimately aware yeah. of what you know other nations other how venues. they name their stadiums. And, I mean, and, and they they build stadiums for World Cups, so yeah. maybe that's the the workaround that they kind of usually prefer. There's nothing more powerful in sports globally than the five rings. They they can do whatever they want. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I did a story about a snowboarder Julia Marino who had a sponsorship from Prada, uh, the Italian uh, fashion thing. Now Prada was an official sponsor. They made her rub over the Prada name on her snowboard with a magic marker, so it couldn't be seen. And it led to an injury because, you know, these things are so finely tuned. Right. It slowed down a board. She hit. She had to withdraw from the Olympics. But that's all they care about. That is wow. unbelievable. As we come in to an Olympic year, it does kind of signify where we're headed with the dollar amount. Yeah. And as we're talking about na- international sports and w- – the Olympics coming up this summer, the NFL spreading into to South America and heading into Europe more, into, into Germany. Are we looking at an international arms race between the Premier League soccer and the NFL as a chase to conquer what's left of the sporting universe? I, I really think we are. I mean, the NFL hates to fail, and the only place the NFL has ever failed is internationally. You remember 20 years ago, the NFL Europe and all that it went bust? I think in five years you're going to see an NFL Europe division. You're going to see teams in London, Frankfurt, Munich. I think they're going to get their own TV package, which the NFL is going to sell because the NFL always figures out another way to make money. You're going to see teams in Mexico City. Uh, I really think that their total focus now is international expansion, not domestic, especially because L.A. has been filled with two teams. So I have a different – again, Rob, apologize – all over the We're map. Scattered Chris, these, sure. these are fascinating questions that most people can't answer except yep. for you. Um, maybe this is a little bit outside of the proper wheelhouse, but NFL Plus, the NFL streaming service, seems like a bit of a not 
overwhelming success, uh, right. to be kind. It's supposed to offer NFL Game Pass, which historically has been really poor. As an example, Major League Baseball's, you know, uh, game, I don't forget the exact name, uh, MLB TV or whatever it is, that is an amazing service. I mean, like, the way you can search plays and things like that all from within their app is so highly functional. And I think people look at the NFL as this multi, multi, multi-billion dollar entity. NFL now failed. Um, and now they're trying NFL Plus. Like, why do they, why can't they get this right? I mean, it's just technology at this point in time. <laughs> I, you know, that's uh, an amazing question, and, and I've asked it myself. I think after a while, you start banging your head against the door, and you give up. And that's where I think these NFL ESPN talks are coming in, Rob. ESPN is talking about selling part of its, or, or I should say the Walt Disney Company is right. thinking about selling an equity stake in ESPN to the NFL. If that happens, then ESPN and the NFL well, will start working together on the networks, on the apps, and there's nobody better to work with, as we all know, in that situation than ESPN. So, problem solved. How is that possible? Like, and, and how does that become, like, are, are, are there channels... A channels feels like a loose way to put it, but like, are are their talent the same? Are they coworkers? You know, like, um, I, I always find that uh, interesting. I think it was one, might have been the Munich game that Rich Eisen and Dan Orlovsky did together. So it's like, how do you just like yeah. justify like, and that's cool, but like, they don't work for the same company, to my knowledge. Yeah, uh, I've got three words: conflict of interest. You know, <laughs> how is the ESPN, the, the Adam Schefter's, you know, going to cover a league that you know what I mean? They're effectively work for right, uh, and there's all sorts of conflict of interest. Uh, questions around it but basically you know this is the nfl's world and we're all living in it you know they make up their own rules like when they did this about face on gambling right remember for 20 years gambling was the scourge of the nfl we can't do gambling you know what i mean they didn't hire you know what i mean they didn't sign one sponsor they signed three and they called it try exclusive what is a try exclusive sponsorship i've never heard of that well, they wouldn't they let make up the rules. They wouldn't let Tony Romo have a fantasy football convention here, and now he gets to call the super. Uh, the irony of all that he would be the, the color analyst on on the job, you know, this particular week. It's it really is. I mean, you know, driving around to media night Monday night. The fact that they literally built a palace to football in the city, I mean, on the taboo land and dirt, yeah. it's just incredible, like, that this exists now. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, did an interview with Brent Musburger, who had, you know, the most mm -hmm. amazing stories, you know, getting punched out by Jimmy the Greek and all the, all right. the crazy stuff in the 70s. But you remember back in 1975, you know, Rob, when you and I were watching yeah. uh, the NFL today, they had a speaking code. Yes, uh, it was Jimmy the Greek talking about the over and unders. Well, I like them <laughs> not to score much today. And I'm 8, 9, 10 years old listening to the code. Like, I, are they going to win? <laughs> what exactly does that mean? Because everybody's happy and they lost, but they're talking lines with Phyllis George way back then. <laughs> what happened is Roselle went to the Greek and Musburger and their producer and said, I do not want you to quote the point spreads. Now, when the NFL commissioner is asking you a favor, you do it, right? So they had to come up with another way to do it. So what would happen is, you know, Brent would say, hey, you know, uh, Greek, what do you think of the Redskins, Cowboys? And, you know, he would say, I think it's going to be 33-21. Ah, and now if the spread was five right. points, you know, you know who the, the Greek is picking. And uh, it's laughable now, you know, when you see these point spreads scrolling across the bottom of ESPN. But that, that's the way it was back then. You know, we, we had a, a, another writer on with The Athletic talking a little bit about, you know, the, I'm not saying that, that the NFL is being duplicitous and, and Goodell in particular, but we do know what he said and what he's saying now. Right. And a question was asked, obviously we're able to, and we hear a lot about the players who are gambling inappropriately in the wrong places and things like that, but we don't hear about coaches and administrators and staff that have gotten in trouble right. as well and he mentioned number of 25 yes. players or, or staff members that have been 
disciplined. I don't know how we take that from there. Is that some place that we should really be paying a little bit more attention to as far as transparency from the league? Uh, my ears are open this week. Joe Buck uh, said he's not coming to Las Vegas this week, and he said the reason is something's going to happen. And he says it's Vegas. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get caught doing something. Somebody's going to get arrested. Somebody's going to get caught betting. It's going to be, you know, it's just inevitable. And I, I think it's inevitable that that 25 figure is going to go way up by the end of this week. Super, <laughs> super wide-ranging question. But, again, you know the, you know more than everything in this capacity. What is the untapped area of the NFL? I mean, for for a corporation that gets every drop out of the orange, so to speak, like what are they what are they not doing that the Premier League's doing? What are they not doing you know properly that they that they're missing the low hanging fruit they're not plucking? Women and kids, which is why you know the Taylor Smith. Uh, Taylor Swift thing is so lucky. Well, and the and Kyle Ustrick's wife yeah. just like fell on their laps. Like yeah. right. I mean, I've talked to various leagues. The, the, the NHL is like. Good God, why couldn't she date a hockey player? <laughs> why does the NFL get this gift from the gods just dropped into their laps? Uh, but I also think that, you know, they're, they're making a lot of smart moves to attract kids. You know, you're going to see the first old cast of a Super Bowl, Nickelodeon, the slime-filled game. And I thought that Disney uh, Toy Story uh, old right. cast was fantastic. Now, you better believe that Disney's got about a million properties that would be perfect for a kid's cast. So I, I think the untapped potential for the NFL are uh, you know female fans and yeah, kids. And does, I know the flag football is more about injuries and getting guys just to show up for Orlando, but it does feed that narrative as well, Definitely. getting the kids involved in the game. Yeah, particularly you know uh, young uh, young girls. They you know they want young girls playing football. They want them to become football fans. And you know, and Taylor Swift, I've, I've looked at the ratings. She has definitely caused a bump. There's been a swift effect. There's no doubt about it. It's really fascinating. I mean, you would think that, like, nothing can elevate the Super Bowl, but, I mean, it's really a testament to, like, her individual influence that she's able to do that. Yeah. And it lends itself to that narrative that this is all manufactured and fabricated because, my goodness, how perfect. What's our primary market issue? Women and children? Women and young girls? Well, how about Swifty showing up to a Kansas City? To your point, I mean, the NFL does an incredible job of just taking free content and leaning into it. Like, everybody joked about the script. Okay, we're just going to make a commercial about the script, and it's going to be all anybody wants to talk about. And so I would not doubt that they lean into the Taylor Swift narrative of it all even more than they're already doing. Yeah. And they should. You know what I mean? I mean, I think... People who are you know worried about Taylor Swift fans uh, rooting for the NFL. Come in, come on! It, it's supposed to be a game shared by everybody. And you know, if if women are becoming uh, football fans, I think that's great. To me, uh, the NFL is the unofficial religion, and Super Bowl is the unofficial national holiday. So you know, we should all share it, enjoy it. He, he is Mike McCarthy. McCarthy, you are on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. If you enjoyed this, first of all, like and subscribe to what we're doing right now. But more importantly, make sure you're getting that front office sports delivered to you every day because if you're a, a true sports fan you got to understand the money behind it because that is really why things are moving in the ways that they're moving and uh, fos is by far the best out there without hesitation mike thanks for all that you do for us all thank year you. long as a radio host that you provide invaluable information thank you so much and appreciate the invite how often does the uh, mike mccarthy thing happen <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> lean into that one <laughs> how often do i write no no, no. How, like the how mike often do you McCarthy get the mike confusion. mccarthy thing like you you got to get some weird emails and you know uh, let's, say, let's say about 
10 to 100 a week. <laughs> okay. Depending right. on whether the Cowboys win or lose. Interesting. If they, if they lost, I get the, you're the worst game manager of all time. You stink as a coach. They should fire you, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I even answer them, and that really freaks them out. Good well, for you. Had, you know, a pretty good time until the middle of December. <laughs> <laughs> October, November, pretty yeah. good months for like Mike my, McCarthy. Like Mike McCarthy answered me. <laughs> yeah. Well done. <laughs> well, follow him. Make sure you're reading FOS. And uh, as always, Mike, thank, it's always great seeing you at the Super Bowl. It's one of the genuine reasons we love coming down. Have thank a great you. week.